back with another episode of 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. Casey, how are we doing this evening? Marlo, doing pretty good. Happy belated Father's Day uh, to you and to all the fathers listening to this pod out there. Uh, how did you spend your Father's Day day or weekend? Day, day. It was great. I did nothing. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, that's nice. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty bad weather. It's rainy and stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. that made for a lot of uh, lounging, sitting around. I took a nap. Ooh, I took a nap. So that was wow. a good little, little Father's Day gift. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. It was great. That is good. Mine was a little. It ended up there, uh, but it took a little while to get there. I went camping this weekend, and I'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, uh, I guess in a second, and then later when we talk about the bucks, but. Uh, so we came back from camping uh, and kind of had to do the the deconstruction of all the camping supplies and, and getting that all uh, situated. And then I did uh, didn't nap, but watched the golf, watched the basketball, uh, which I was really excited for. Uh, I would have watched the basketball if the Bucks game had gone differently. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but it was a good. A good weekend um, camping out in uh, Nuclearis. So it was fun stuff. Nice. nice. Good to be back home. Good to sleep in a bed last night. <laughs> sure. We just do we just do tent camping. So, so you camping I'm, camping. I do that until I'm gonna. I think we're gonna do that until uh, my back continues to get worse, and then at some point. I will just be immobilized by trying to sleep on the, the ground or the air mattress or whatever whatever we set up. That day's coming. It's not here yet, but I think that's going to be the <laughs> the end of tent camping. And then we have to either then it's decision point, right? Mm-hmm. Do we become a pop up tent RV family, something like that? Yeah, or glamping. just give up? Or <laughs> just give up on, <laughs> on just, that life? You just say you're going camping, but you just get like a big like log cabin or like cabin. And I'm using air quotes. It's just a really big house in the woods. Yeah, like, oh, that does sound camping. more expensive though. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know about that. And I think, yeah, I think mortgages are harder on your second home, too, or like a, like a you know, a recreational home or whatever, not your living residence. So, I don't know. Yeah, we, Things, I mean, we, can, we can use this podcast to get past all the, the tax. Yes, that's tax true. Benefits. That's yeah. true. This podcast will fund <laughs> the log cabin uh, <laughs> in the woods. We're just going to write it off as a business expense. That's right. That's right. It'll be, yeah, it'll be part of the podcast. We'll, we'll, I have to look in there's probably some rule where we have to record so many percentages of the podcast there or something. And then, I don't think you can get a house, but maybe an office space. We can rent an office space in like a tourist town. There you go. And then just have sleeping bags there. But then again, then we're back to the back issue. I guess we can have beds if it's an office space, but as long as nobody comes and you got to pull out anyway. couch. Yeah. Oof. Uh, maybe new ones are better on the back. The last few, again, I'm very concerned about the back right now. Well, you can't tell. It's creeping up. It's creeping up on me. All right. Uh, that's it for camping. Let's move on to the to the NBA, Marlo. It was an NBA weekend, uh, obviously, for me with the Bucks. Also, the uh, other Game 7 last night was amazing. Uh, and part of the reason why we didn't record last night was because I really wanted uh, to watch that, at, to see who the Bucks would be playing. But let's start with the Bucks, Marlo. The Bucks win... In overtime on Saturday night, uh, 115-111. And let me just walk through how 
I experienced this. So we get up. Yeah, we can't, well, let's, I, let's 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 start with where you were at. Where yeah, okay. before the game, before game seven, because we didn't get a chance to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, where was your where was your mindset? What were these books going to do? Where were you at that point? I. It's it's hard to say now because I have hindsight, but yeah. I w- I was going into it expecting to lose, but in the back of my mind, I had that little bit of hope. I had that yep. little bit of, you know, we have a chance. Yeah, obviously, Kyrie wasn't playing uh, or didn't play. Uh, Harden had been very strange in this series. Uh, obviously, the hamstring injury, 43 seconds into the first game. Um, but Katie eviscerated us in game six. And going back to Brooklyn... I didn't. I couldn't get it out of my head. Like, why would it? Why would it be any different? Like, why wouldn't yeah. he just do this again? And it seemed like this was kind of his chance, like he did when he was on Golden State uh, when they won the championship, to be like, "This is my team. I'm the." Be-, or it wasn't. It was the season where he got hurt. I think where he was kind of making the run, and you're like, "Oh my God, it's is KD the best player in the world?" Yeah. And then he got hurt, and obviously LeBron was like, "Hey, I'm still here." Uh, which we'll talk about more in a second. I got a funny thing on that. Um, <clears throat> yep. Uh, so I, I couldn't get that out of my head. Yep. That, that 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 I almost thought it was likely to happen. But he played great, right? He had 48 points, I think. Uh, but the rest of the cast just wasn't enough uh, for them in the game. All right. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your mindset. So let's. Uh, those are your mindset okay. before. So what was your experience? Yeah. Okay. So I'm camping out uh, Nuclear State Park, and the night before, I have you know, I'm an iPhone, and it's in New Glarus. It's what forty five minutes an hour from Madison, so it's something like that. Yeah, it's not in the middle of nowhere, but so uh, the night before, I listened to um, what was the late game, whatever. I, I listened to the Brewers game on, on on my phone. I listened to an NBA game on, on the ESPN app on the phone. So I'm like, okay, great. That's what I'm going to do for the Bucks game. So I pull up the Bucks game. Uh, on the ESPN app, and it just does this like almost like you're calling a call center music, and it's like this game is not available for broadcast in your area. <laughs> like oh, what? No. <laughs> so I frantically try and find it uh, on the radios I have. I have two radios um, with me, just camping stuff. Uh, neither of them, I think, get the channel I need to. So then I'm I go on online to try and get the channel they're not the channel's not streaming the broadcast the nba broadcast so i can't listen to it i can't i tried to watch it on uh the hulu app it's too slow (laughs) it kept freezing so i'm literally just staring at the game cast so this is how i'm watching the game it's miserable i'm and at this point the game started at 7 30 so the kids are in bed uh and you know it's just kind of me sitting by the campfire my wife's there but I'm just it's me staring at my phone. <laughs> Such I'm thrilling sure. company. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad sure. we went family camping. Yes. Well, so we scheduled this in uh, March, something like that. And you just you never think like, hey, would this weekend be good? There might be a game seven. I'm not like the Bucks might be in a playoff game seven. Is this something I should consider? I wasn't. It wasn't even my radar. And here we were out there, and I'm being you know the best camping uh, guest of all time. Uh, so. Let's just fast forward to the end of the, the game. Uh, and Bucks are up two with the ball. They're inbounding the ball. And I have no concept that the shot clock is about to run out. So in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, we won. Like, we just need to end the ball to Middleton. He's going to make the free throws. We're going to be up four. They have whatever it is, eight seconds left. 
we won the game. <laughs> and I'm kind yeah. of like, I'm doing my nervous pacing, you know, that I do. So I'm nervously pacing. I'm waiting for the, the ball, and then all of a sudden I read, shot clock violation. <laughs> okay. Up to, up to, that's fine. You know, it has a little percentage on your, the win probability percentage, which is really funny in basketball games because, like, a 4-0 run will happen, and it'll go from, like, 40% your team's losing to 60% they're winning. It's like, guys, it's like been, like, a minute of the game. Settle down. Uh, so Algorithms, man, they know these things. I know. So here I'm thinking we won because we're going to make the free throws, and I'm in that moment very confident. And then, oh, my God, here's this chance. Katie hits the shot. Obviously, I can't see it. The app says it's a three-pointer. There's a second Ooh. left. The Bucks are down one. And I'm not handling it well. I'm finding sticks. I'm silently, <laughs> as silently as I can, throwing them into the woods. I threw my hat on the ground. I am very upset that a game I thought we had won because I was misinformed, now we had lost. Turns out, his bullet's on the line. I don't know. I, I haven't seen a replay yet. I, I meant to go back and... Look at oh, it. It was clearly in line. I don't think, think they don't think they call it three in the in the in the game. In the game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it on my app it, on the on the game cast, it did. Yeah. I was just thinking. So now I think we lose, and then I'm huffing and puffing, right? And I sit down and I look down at my phone. I think I was just going to go to Twitter or something just to like revel in the defeat with you know the people I follow on Twitter or whatever. And we're in overtime. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell happened? And so I had to go back and see that it was, was out. So I think we lost there. And then there was another point in overtime. Uh, I think when Katie made a three or we got down four. So I can't remember exactly now. But I was like, oh, we, I can't. But we got to overtime, luckily. And, and now we're going to blow it. And then we came back and won. I mean, what? it was just a crazy way to kind of experience and follow along what was an amazing game seven and obviously got the result I wanted. And I, <laughs> I mean, I can't, it was just such a weird experience that kind of back and forth and thinking we won to thinking we lost to thinking we lost again. It was, it was so crazy because I couldn't see or hear anything. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I couldn't imagine watching that the end of that game on a, on a game cast, just hitting refresh, waiting for just waiting, just uh, waiting. It was brutal. It was brutal. Uh, but the game itself, um, again, I, I, I can only go kind of what I inferred and read. So it sounded like a great game seven. Uh, it was the first one in, uh, I forget, I think they said two other times. Um, opposing players had 40 points. Giannis had 40. Um, KD had 48. KD was great in the game, as you'd expect. Uh, Giannis was also great getting his 40 points. He shot some threes, which he hadn't been doing in the previous games, two for six. And that's all you can really expect out of Giannis. Six is a little much, but you know yeah, when he made two low. of them, you can't, can't complain too much. His free throws were fine. Uh, and I think he just did enough when early in the game, when the two other members of the big three or whatever you want to call it for the Bucks were struggling, he did enough to keep them in the game. Uh, and then they were able to close. So, I mean, a great game by Giannis, the 40 points. Uh, Drew and Chris, as I mentioned, they really struggled in, early in the game, uh, I think until the fourth quarter. Uh, I, or at least it seemed like until the fourth quarter. Uh, neither of them really got going, but then when it got time down to winning time, down uh, to the end of the fourth quarter, into overtime, they started making some of those shots, finally turned around. So Giannis kept a minute. Drew and Chris closed it out. I mean, just... 
what a, what a win and to all things considered, right? Because I think you, as the Nets, you can sit here and make a lot of excuses, right? All things considered, we beat the Nets. We beat Kevin Durant in a game seven on the road. What an incredible win uh, for this team. Uh, long way to go, which we'll talk about in a second, but what a win. What, what, I guess what, with that said, Marla, what were, you, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I thought they had missed their chance to win the series in game six. Mm-hmm. Um, so then coming to game seven, like with Kevin Durant rolling, I didn't think there was a way Kevin was going to let um, Milwaukee come through. And, you know, and he did. I mean, he did his thing. It, it all came to that shot and he missed it at the end. But what more are you going to ask from the guy, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, you know what? Like they obviously not um, Milwaukee played a good game. They played a better game defensively and they played a better game. They st- They stopped those. Like they had a the, throughout this series, even in the game, some of the games they won, they would have these like offensive runs where they just stopped running their offense. Yep, and and kind of go over that, and they stayed away from that, and they stayed with the ball movement, getting it to the, getting it to the hot hand and, and in position for people to actually make plays. Um, and that's ultimately that's what brought them, you know, brought them through. Like I said, they had Kevin, but the rest of the cast around the Nets wasn't enough to overcome. Which I I fully believe that the Bucks are a better team. They just weren't putting it together. Yeah, and uh, to your point about when the offense stops, it usually ends up with Giannis with the ball. Does He doesn't create on his initial movement. If it backs it out, then it's like, okay, now what? But uh, like I said, the ball movement was there today. All the starters finished in double digits. Uh, Giannis in the way, as I mentioned, with 40. So they spread the ball around. I mean... <laughs> They got the shots of Middleton was nine of twenty six. Drew five of twenty three. I mean, if they would have lost, I think we would have looked back at this and been it pointed at Drew Holiday. And for somebody who's been all season saying just wait to the playoffs because the Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe upgrade was so big uh, for playoff basketball, that would have looked really bad for me. So I'm glad that was narrowly avoided <laughs> in this game. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like I obviously it's different if. Uh, if Irving's there and if Harden's 100%, but I, I don't. Part of me goes, but we never saw it in the playoffs, right? And you can't take it until it happens. Uh, as far as all of them gelling together um, and, and making it work, because Harden, while by the way, I remembered why I hate watching Harden play so much when he started hunting for those fouls. Holy crap, was that annoying and. Newsflash, there's more of that in my future. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, when it gets down to crunch time, I think it just, it, it was going to be KD anyway. And that's what ended up happening. Uh, and we beat that. So I know other things can go other ways, but uh, just a little caveat there. So my last thought, I guess, Marlo, is how is this only the quarterfinals? How are we just <laughs> now in the Eastern Conference Finals? Because, uh, my God, this, this series was emotionally exhausting. I mean, we come off just dismantling the heat, which was such a kind of get-right, such a kind of revenge series, to then go into this series where it looked like we were going to get blown away to getting back in it, to missing our chance, to it coming down to the wire in Game 7. It was just such a back-and-forth, such an even series, such a, a, a performance by this Bucks team to get the series win. And now... You know, I kind of look up and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> we're just we're just in the Eastern Conference Finals now. 
Um, but this, but for whatever reason, this seemed like the hump the Bucks had to get over in this playoffs, even though it was only the quarterfinals. Yeah, hundred percent. These uh, with the series being long and then it being almost July now, this is kind of wild. But I'm enjoying it. I think this, yeah, yeah this series is good. We'll talk about the the, the series coming up. Uh, but yeah, what what the hell? What what are we doing? It's only the quarterfinals. Should get better from here, though. I hope so for the Bucks. Uh, all right, so the Bucks will be facing the Atlanta Hawks. Surprise! I mean, I, no other way to put it than surprisingly, and I don't know another way to put it, Marlo, than the 76ers blew it. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way to put it, but the 76ers just didn't get it done, which has been the story for the 76ers mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of years. So... Um. Yeah, just can't. They, yeah, they just can't figure it out. They they can't get it together. They're getting, you know, it, they reach. You know, it was the once the deemed the process. Doesn't seem like the yeah. process is going to come to fruition, or this is yeah. the end of the process, and this is all they're going to get. Yeah, and you got to figure out the rest. Yeah, they they will. Before we get to that, I was watching this and I couldn't figure out how to cheer for right because obviously I know the Bucks are going to face whoever wins. And it was just like, okay, do I want to root against Trey Young and his antics, which is just another James Harden at this point? Um, Then Joel Embiid throws himself on the ground again. And it's like, oh, God, is that that better to root against? And that's just going back and forth. And I couldn't – I mean, in the end, I think I rooted for Atlanta because I think the 76ers were the one seed, right? They were probably the better team uh, on paper. Um, so I think I ended up cheering for Atlanta, and I got that. Uh, the end of the process, I think there's lots of fingers at point being pointed, and a lot of them went to Ben Simmons, and he is absolutely getting shredded uh, by sports media today. I wrote down something mean. I don't know if I want to say it because oh. I'm starting to feel a little bad. Do you, you feel, feel bad, bad for Ben for Simmons, Marlo? No, I no. don't. I don't. I I you know this was coming down and then they, then they kind of the media talking about the media here kind of gave him a second chance but I don't feel bad for him because I never like you know coming out he was supposed to be like the next LeBron we all knew that wasn't gonna happen or you shouldn't right but at the same time he hasn't really progressed but they keep pretending like he's this all time like this all star perennial all star player right and he's just he's just pretty good right. He's not. He's like better than average, but they put all this pressure on. It's like, you know, either, uh, you know, you either step up or you don't. And I, I think it's just like all of a sudden, everyone opened their eyes again um, and realized, oh yeah, he's really not that that good. And they've put a lot of, they've made up until this point, the Seventy Sixers have made him uh, one of the key pieces mm-hmm. around Embiid um, that they were going to build around. But he's just really just, you know, at this point. A pretty good player that maybe can contribute somewhere else. Yeah, I just think at this point you got to look at him and say he can't be the guy. Yeah, I mean he's twenty three, twenty five range, something like that. So okay, this is what I wrote down: Is he the worst good basketball player? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. Because he's he's re- he's a good basketball player, yes. but he's really bad at the 
basketball part of being a basketball player. He's really good at the athletic part. He has the court vision, which I guess is kind of a basketball thing, but but not. But the the creating your own shot, the actually shooting the ball, the being aggressive, all the basketball parts of being a basketball player, he's not good at. Great at defense. Great in transition. Not basketball things. (laughs) (laughs) And just like watching him, it's just kind of all he has the same issues that Giannis does. So a lot of the same issues that Giannis does, except Giannis is aggressive and he looks for his own shot and he can create his own shot. So when I watch Ben (laughs) Simmons play in the back of my head, it's like this is everything people say Giannis is, but he actually is those things and worse. Um, So it, it wasn't just the media pouring on Simmons uh, his teammate and coach, Proydon wasn't the best. And Beads is tougher. I'll read the quotes in a minute. But they were at least not kind of supporting their guy. So, And Beads said in the interview after the game, I mean, I'll be honest. This is Embiid talking. Uh, thought the turning point was where we, I don't know how to say it, but I thought the turning point was when we, was just when we had an open shot and we made one free throw and we missed the other. Obviously referring to the time Ben Simmons had a, wide open dunk and passed to I think it was Harris or Thibel and they made one or two free throws which is just it was an encapsulation of Ben Simmons in this series he shot four times in the fourth quarter in seven games he shot zero times the last four games in the fourth quarter talk about turtle and one of those was a wide open dunk and uh, he passed, passed that up uh, so Embiid kind of calls him out there. Doc Rivers was asked by a reporter uh, if Simmons could be a point guard for a championship team, which is just kind of a weird question, but whatever. They asked him that, and he said, I don't know the answer to that right now. So obviously some Is Doc there. still the GM there? Uh, no, because they have Daryl Morey. Oh, yeah, okay. So I don't, I don't know their technical positions. He might be president of basketball operations, Morey. But, um, so it doesn't sound great for Simmons. I mean, it didn't look great on the court. Um is this signs of the end of the process? Can the 76ers run this back? Uh, or do they no. have to do something? They have to do something. I mean, they can keep Embiid, but um, as constructed, like their quote-unquote right. the, core. The, I guess not... the process to me means Embiid-Simmons, that combination. Yeah, I think they still – I think Embiid is still, you know, uh, a player you could build around. Is that window closing? Absolutely. Um, so you have to get it done, and you have to get it done quickly. Um, but yeah. It, it, yeah, it's a re. It have to be a reprocess of the process. But they don't have that as as long as a runway. Yeah, I, th- I. It just sounds like it needs to be done. I think similar to like if the Bucks had lost to the Heat in round one, it. It's not that they lost. It's like they didn't need to win a championship necessarily to keep it going, but the way in which they lost to Atlanta, to a five seed, the way in which they did with Simmons' faults being so glaring, it's similar to if the Bucs had lost to the Heat. If the Bucs had lost to the Heat in the first round, the faults that they had last year would have been reimagined this year, or re-seen this year, and they would have been too glaring not to address. So that's what happened to the 76ers here. Their issues are too glaring not to address. They have to do something. In hindsight... I can't believe they didn't just trade Simmons for Harden. 
Like, hmm. wouldn't that have been the best situation? Well, Harden did fine in Brooklyn, but they're out of the playoffs. I, I think that offer was there, and Philly said no, which I understand, right? You can, at the, earlier in the season, right? No, this is our young core. We're the process. We're doing this. In hindsight, God, that just makes so much sense for everybody involved, um, I think. I don't know. But I, I, I don't know in – I. And why I think that would have been a good trade was it kind of fits as far as like you trade a star, you get a star, right? If Ben Simmons is still, yeah. you know, yeah, at no, that time that, was considered a star. Sense. If you trade him now, what are you getting? I don't, I don't know, like a like for like of that caliber that's out there and a fit that would work as well along with Embiid as Harden was. So I don't, you got to figure something out. I have no idea what it is. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, the most terrifying thing would be a Beal for Simmons trade. <laughs> Having Beal and Embiid on the same team, that would suck for yeah, the Bucks Because uh, that seems like a good matchup. But Beal seems like he's happy enough in Washington. Uh, and I don't know that Washington would want to, would want to move on from Beal for for Simmons. He just His trade value seems so low now. Maybe it's just recency bias. But Yeah, let it blow over a little bit. Let it blow over a little bit. But it, I just think the issues were so glaring. They're going to have to do something. Uh, so we hit pretty hard in Simmons. We talked about the end of the process. We both think Embiid's kind of, you got to stick with him. But he had his struggle moments in this series. He seemed to get tired at the end of the games. Granted, he was shouldering a lot of the load on offense and also you know playing pretty good defense on the other end. Uh, and one thing I thought was funny throughout the series is they kept mentioning his small tear of his meniscus. Yep. And I just I just heard small tear all the time. It reminded me of the, uh, of the episode of Psych, Marla. I know you're a fan, so you'll Huge. get this. Uh, Sean, the main character, gets poisoned, but they keep referring to him as getting barely poisoned, <laughs> as if there's a difference. <laughs> like he almost dies, and then like I got poisoned, and they're like I heard it was barely poisoning, and he get, that's like a bit through the whole episode. It just reminded me of that. Like every time they talk about his injury, it's like, well, it's a small tear. The meniscus. It's like, Oh, okay. Small tear. That's fine. Whatever. Um, but so that might've been part of it with him. I always feel like you have, um, not that he wasn't in shape, but he's a big guy. It seems like it's hard for him to maintain his energy levels throughout the game. And we saw in game five in game six in game seven, it just felt like towards the end of games, he settled for more long-range shots, and they came up short a lot. And that seemed I to be. I feel like he's thing. not conditioned for it because, I mean, he doesn't. They don't. He doesn't play those minutes. He doesn't play those minutes in the regular season because he's mm-hmm. always. I think they either they have him in a minutes count or and or they do the. Right, uh, they give him the um, what do you call it? load management? Yeah. Uh, going on, so when it comes time to have to do that, they, he doesn't. Right, like you said, like you don't have the legs. Like you have to be able to train that. Yeah. To be able, you know, to be able to utilize it. So, especially if you're doing a, you know, a seven game series, uh, doing it repeatedly. Right. So, yeah, right. he that's, seems to have been having that point. problem. That's a good point. Uh, so it wasn't. I, I don't. Know, I just don't. I don't necessarily want to be like, oh, he wasn't in shape because I don't yeah. know that. But that's a great point to be like, he, he doesn't. He's not used to playing this many minutes at this high level because of the the way they kind of handle them or maybe have to handle them i don't know yeah. um in in the regular season uh aside from that he was sloppy with the ball a lot at eight turnovers in a deciding game that's not great from your big man uh so i i guess i just 
I looked at the two stars, and Simmons got a lot of crap, and Embiid kind of got a pass. And I want to be like, well, it wasn't all roses for Embiid either. All right, wow, that was a lot on the 76ers, Philly Kyle Marlowe. Uh, <laughs> we should probably mention the Hawks. They played in this game, too. Oh, yeah. They won. How how do you feel about every game where a player does good being called the ex-player name game? Uh, <laughs> I think it's the world we live in, man. That's 2021. Um, you know, I guess they can have their game. It's, you know, it's and everyone gets the trophy yeah. type of mentality. I mean, like. Right. Because this game was the Herder game. Uh, yep. Kevin Herter, uh, we know him. He's from Maryland, Marlo. Mm-hmm. Uh 27 points, 10 to 18 field goals. So 27. I mean, great game for a not star player, but like, let's settle down with calling it, calling it the Herder game. The I don't know. Game. I just we do we do this all the time. Like they were talking about the Durant game being the Durant game. It's like the dudes won a championship. Like <laughs> he won a game six. It was amazing. But that probably wasn't his most significant game, especially now that they lost the series. So we're not going to look back at it and go, man, that's the. You know the Durant game or whatever, and that's what people are calling it. Will we look back and remember this is the Herder game? Nope. Maybe if they go on to win championship. Nope. But probably not. Nope. Not going to. Twenty-seven points. He was really good. He was really good. It was. It was another flaw on the Sixers team. But this one on the defensive end, they had to see keep Seth Curry on the court because he was really the only guy who was making shots. Herter just they just hunted him on the defensive end, and Herter attacked him time and time again. Got buckets, some crazy shots that he has no business making. But again, it was his game. So, um, I guess great shot by him. That's what I got. <laughs> I just uh, he was really good. He was really good, and it was just more. I thought I was surprised that I wasn't surprised, but I just think it was uh, a difference you could tell in that the Hawks. Throughout the series, identified this is a weakness that we can attack, and in this game, it was Herder when Seth Curry was guarding him, and I didn't feel like there was any of that on the other side. I didn't feel like the 76ers had, other than Embiid being really good and just being like, "Hey, I am better, a better player than you guys out here." Um, I didn't feel like there was as good of a, a, a strategy, and maybe that's a Doc Rivers thing. Uh, but I, again, I'm talking about the 76ers. Shoot, yeah, uh, back to the 76ers. All right, uh, that was Herder. Trey Young, not great. Not his best uh, game. He finished five of twenty-three, two of eleven from three, uh, twenty-one points. Not his best game. Uh, I think at one point he was like two of eighteen, two of nineteen. So he closed well. So if I'm following my same, you know, Drew Holiday logic, <laughs> he kind of he kind of did it when he needed to. He had some really cool passes. Um, not his best game, but he just. I I guess he won the, he won the series, right? He was the reason they won the series. And the, there's just something about I don't know if it's him, the Atlanta thing. I just am not ready to kind of be like Trey Young's here. And everybody's kind of like Trey Young's here. And I I understand I can eat all all these words in 2 weeks time, but <laughs> he's not great in this pivotal game. Um but he, he's obviously the catalyst of this team. He's the straw that stirs the drink of a team that now has overachieved and reached the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, where are you at on, on the Trey Young rocket to superstardom? Yeah, I think I think it's, I mean he's a he's a young player. At the end of the day, he's a young player. 
Um, there's still going to be these ups and downs in your first playoffs. I get that. He gets probably more, especially from you, because, uh, you know, he's a little bit extravagant in the yeah. in his good times or bait shots the, the, or whatever. Dark arts. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be that. But, like, you know, as um, as a young player in the playoffs, it's – it's just been, at the end of the day, I think he's just fun to watch, um, and hopefully he can he could bring it, bring that fun coming up in the next series. Not too much fun for Casey, but no, just a little fine. bit of fun. Yeah, great. Hopefully not. <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't know. I just need I just need another I just need another minute, another minute with him, and hopefully that doesn't come here because uh, I just keep going back to the whole like. My other favorite player, Luka Doncic, right? And everybody's just, this whole time has kind of been like, you can't, like, obviously that was a ridiculous trade and the Mavs won big time. Well, one of them's in a conference finals and it's, they had to beat the 76. It's not like they kind of like got lucky or whatever or like coasted in or something. They had to beat a really good team. And uh, Luka Doncic lost in the first round. Sure, to a good team in the Clippers, who are I think our second favorite to win. I think favorite, third favorite, whatever. They're in uh, a conference finals as well. But I don't know. I just I didn't expect Trey Young to be this impactful this fast. But he is, and he's here. Uh, I was trying to figure out what game. I was listening to the Clippers Jazz game on Friday night. So Friday night, I was able to get it on the ESPN app. So you know how on I think they do this on the radio as well, but on the app they do the mm-hmm. kind of lead-in commercials. Yeah, for their shows. Um, and f- because we were watching basketball, they were doing a lead-in. I don't remember who it was, but they would do on the you know whatever show, and they had a LeBron take, of course. Why wouldn't you have a LeBron take when he's not in the playoffs? But they had a yeah. LeBron take. And LeBron take was uh, essentially that LeBron has done it on his own. And you look at other stars, they needed other stars. You look at Michael Jordan, he needed Scottie Pippen. You look, I don't remember the other example, you know, uh, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, whatever. It doesn't matter. And then he goes, Sure, he had to go to Miami to win a cha- with Dwayne Wade to win a championship. I'm like, you just undercut your whole point. <laughs> like, your whole point was he did it on his own, but he didn't and to support your point that he did it on his own it was he had to go join a super team and they thought this was their hot take they were going to put on during the playoffs but like listen to our show we know what we're talking about lebron james does it on his own but here are all the examples where he didn't do it on his own <laughs> support my take it's driving me insane it was, was every that got you that cut deep for you it was every commercial break, Marlo. <laughs> every commercial break. It comes back with this. And like, this is a terrible, terrible take. Ugh. I don't know. I'm glad we record once a week because you probably have to go. Our takes aren't, by the way, not, let's be honest, not the best takes. Sometimes the best takes. Oh, uh, yeah. I would say they're pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say pretty But if good. we had to do it every day, we would probably have to come and, you know, come with some ridiculous ones and then which we end up just proving our own take halfway through <laughs> which let's be honest sometimes i do sometimes <laughs> i'll be like on a take and then go wait a minute and come come all the way around that happens to the best of us yeah. but i don't replay it every commercial break all right that's it for uh the 76 was blowing it i still can't believe it happened i can't believe i, I think at least two of the Hawks wins. I can't believe they won. Uh, just 76ers not getting done. All right. 
Bucks Hawks Eastern Conference Finals. I can't believe we're here, but we are. Uh, I am. I am ready to hate. I'm ready to sports loathe Trey Young. Oh, I know you I, are. I just rooted f- kind of for him, right back and forth, but mostly for him for seven games. I can't uh, going into it. I unless like. I mean, the, the Bucks have never been in a playoff series against LeBron, I don't think. That, not at least in one in which I expected them to win. Maybe they did when they were lower-seeded um, before Giannis. But in recent iteration, it's like... I, I, the only thing I can think is when the game we shall not talk about, mm-hmm. um, going up against Grayson Allen and just being like, I'm going to freaking hate this guy for 40 minutes. Now i got to do it for... Hopefully four games, but maybe seven games. I'm gonna. That's a tough mm. burden to carry. That's a p- tough burden to carry, my friend. Um, you just never like you don't normally know it like this, but yeah. I know it like this this time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening. Uh, I just looking at you have to expect the Bucks to win, right? You have to. They're they're heavily favored. I think to win the series. I think now they're favored to win the whole thing, which makes me very very nervous. Um, I think they're seven-point favorites at home. Uh, just kind of thinking about it's so much of what I'm thinking about this series. Just and again, ends up coming back to the 76ers, and I hate to harbor on it so much, but do I don't know? think I do because it feels lazy. Speaking of lazy takes, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Okay, I talked too much about it. <laughs> Greg Anthony's halftime thing, where he's like, "I'm going to do it real quick." Where like he's. <laughs> These are Ben Simmons' errors. It's like he needs to be more aggressive. Look at this play where he passed the ball and they scored. Look at this play where he passed the ball and they scored. He needs to do something different. Okay. This is him on the defensive end. Look, he is aggressive and he gets a stop. He needs to do something different. It's like, what examples are these? Like, These are just... I understand you have your point you're making. Get better examples. Get better support than these two examples where they're not even proving what you're trying to say. All right. I just look at the matchups that the, the Hawks had versus, um, uh, uh, versus the 76ers. The holes the 76ers had on the defense, the way they're able to exploit them. Milwaukee just seems like such a better kind of team. The Haw- 76ers had a good defense, but there were holes. I don't think there are as many holes for the Hawks to exploit. <clears throat> I think <clears throat> Excuse me. Giannis is going to be a whole different kind of threat and matchup than Embiid was. And I just like I just, the Bucks getting through the Nets. I feel like this is this is their chance to seize the opportunity. And saying all of this makes me very, very nervous. <laughs> and I think most importantly of the Hawks beating the 76ers, the Bucks now have home court. Which, which granted they lost game six, but they won two and uh, or, excuse me three and four at home, uh, and won a road I guess, won a road game. But I just feel like I guess they won two road games, whatever, Marlo. But um, I just feel like I felt I felt in the end that was my tiebreaker, right? Who do I want to win? Bucks at home court if it's the Hawks, and that feels like a big deal um, with fans back. No, I think it's yeah. I think it's a big deal, uh, like you said, with the fans back uh, in these playoffs. So, 
you know, uh, the Bucks. You know, I think the Bucks are the better team. The Hawks are young, so they still got that, that spunky, spunky energy. Haven't been in the playoffs in a while. Made, you know, and they're still kind of riding hot from the end of the regular season too. Yep. Um, so they're carrying that over. But at the end of the day, if the Bucks, you know, want to be that championship, this is that step they need to take. Take care of business against the Hawks and get on to the finals. It feels a little bit like Portland in the Western Conference Finals. Was that last year? Yeah. It feels a little bit like they rode the hot guard. Some players stepped up, and then they got in the Conference Finals, <clears throat> met a better team. A better team showed they were the better team. That's what I'm hoping and expecting. But it, again, saying it makes me nervous. But I think there are a lot of parallels there. All right. All right. Uh, Bucks, Hawks, Eastern Conference Finals, unlikely. Um, I'm sure, again, as far as the NBA uh, ratings wishes <laughs> were, probably not great for them. Uh, but they do have an exciting one on the West Coast. Suns, Clippers. Suns win game one. Uh, nope. Chris Paul, who's still in COVID protocol. And so, from what I read, asymptomatic, but still yeah. has it. Unlucky okay. dude was vaccinated. <clears throat> Unlucky yeah. dude. Yeah. I, I, I understand that we don't know more because it is health-related and, and medical-related, but, like, I have a lot of questions <laughs> about, <laughs> like, what's happening just because he was vaccinated and, like, what he sounds like he's asymptomatic, but, like, okay, but then what? Like, what's what's happening? So... Whatever. Uh, we won't know that, but uh, and no Kawhi, who has a knee injury. Uh, so it was kind of the two stars, two main stars. I guess the the one A's of the teams were not there. So it was up to the one B's of the team to shine. And that is obviously the playoff P and uh, Booker. Uh, and Booker, Poltrus was fine, but Booker was great. Booker finished yes. with 40 points. I think he had 11 points at halftime. Um, and really just did. I, it felt like he did everything in this game, and it felt like he controlled the game. Uh, what did you think? Of no, Booker is a, Booker is a good player, and I, they've been saying this all on the broadcast. And you know, Chris Paul was brought in to kind of help lead these young guys and bring experience to the table. Um, there's obviously talent in that team, young talent. Booker, I mean, Booker has been. You know, he's been a talent for years. It's just he's been on the Suns, which have sucked. Yeah, but it, yeah, but he's been like a high volume yeah. on a bad team guy. Can yep. he? How, can that translate? Right, exactly. So, you know, I think not to not to say that they don't need Paul, but I don't think it's right. as big. I don't think it's as big of a loss as some people are, are you know, letting on to be. Um, and they can they can sustain that loss, uh, you know, more so than if Booker was out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's. I don't. I, it's not. A, it's not a great thing, but it's not also. It's not uh, series breaking for Paul to be out. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I guess I'd be less concerned with the COVID protocol thing than I would be about a Kawhi knee injury, right? Yeah, he's, Kawhi knee injury. He's. Uh, not, I don't even know why they keep saying they keep even acting like he's done. It's over. It's not. Coming you think back. so? Yeah, I, I don't. What they, I forgot what they call. They, I don't know if they said anything, but I thought it was uh, <laughs> what were you saying before? A small tear. 
A um, small tear? A yeah. small tear. Yeah, did they did they describe how big or small the tear was? <laughs> um yeah, I, I I guess in my mind I assume they are both coming back, but you as far as their ability to play, you'd feel more comfortable with Paul, who doesn't have a basketball injury, coming back and playing. I know that there can be, you know, some energy level concerns, right? Uh, when Tatum was out with uh, COVID, I, it was Tatum, right? And he came back, he was just very sluggish for a lot of games. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that concern. Uh, but it's not a basketball injury. Uh, you'd be more concerned about the basketball injury. Um, I thought it was a really good uh, point you made about kind of Chris Paul kind of leading and teaching these young guys. Aiton's been great yep. all season. Um, but watching Booker, so I mentioned he had 11 points in the first half. So that means he had 29 in the second half. Quick maths. Um, he looked so much like Chris Paul out there. Like he just seemed like he knew when to take over. He knew when he needed to take the shot. He knew how to get to his spot. And him shooting those little elbow jumpers, I was watching. I'm like, this is Chris Paul. This is what this is what Chris Paul does. And Devin Booker was doing it. I maybe Devin Booker has been doing that the whole time, um, but. Suns are on late. I'm old. I don't see a lot of Suns games. <laughs> so um, it looked to me a lot like how Chris Paul plays basketball with an added kind of better three-point shooting touch. Um, so I think that Chris Paul, like you said, has had a great impact, and God, he looked a lot like him out there. Uh, I don't want to get too excited, though, Marlo, because I want the Suns to win because Frank Kaminsky's on the team. Didn't play. Another DNP coach's decision. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Gets, they're missing out. Gets a ring if he wins. So yeah. uh, they are missing out. We're all missing out, really. <laughs> but ah, <clears throat> uh, so I don't want to get ahead of myself and enter in for the Suns because it doesn't matter until the Clippers are down 2-0. They don't play. They don't get out of bed until they're down 2-0 in a series, and then true, true. game's on. True. So. One more I guess we'll have, to, we'll have to wait until the Suns win another one and then see what Game 3 is like. <laughs> uh, game 3 is like. But if they're, if you're right and Kawhi's not coming back, again, I haven't, you know, hand up, didn't do the research on that. I just assumed. I don't know why uh, they'd be back. But if he if he doesn't come back and you're just relying on playoff P, playoff P. Against, against Booker and Paul when Paul comes back, I that's, that's, that's tough. I just don't... I don't know that the Clippers have that other person, that other gear, if Kawhi's not there, um, to to win the uh, to win the series, win some games maybe, because I think Paul can have a excuse me, not Paul, uh, Paul George can have a game or two where he's the guy, but I just don't think he's the guy to carry a whole series. Yeah, so no, I can agree with that. So if Kawhi doesn't come back, I like the Suns' chances, but not in four. Let's. But speaking of Suns in four, I did. I just transitioned myself. That was kind of weird. Yeah, Marlo, how do you feel about Suns in four guy? Suns in four guy. A lot of Suns and four guys out there. Um, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I get the excitement behind it, especially like we were talking about with Kawhi out. I think he's done. Um, it is a possibility, but. It do, yeah, it doesn't matter until they get to three, right? Because, like you said, 
the the Clippers can get down 0-2 and then and they and look terrible doing it. By the way, yeah, like look like a team they make that some shouldn't be, yeah, shouldn't even be there. Um, and then figure it out, and, and here they come back. So, Sun and Four guy, Sun and Four guy, they just try to pop prop up, uh, prop up this Phoenix team, which all of a sudden is becoming somewhat of a darling of the playoffs. Yeah, what? What podcast? What was I? I listened to an interview, and they were like, "We don't put Kawhi on the guy who scores the points until we need to to, to conserve energy." And or you know whatever you don't make the adjustment until you need to, and I was like, why don't you just do the thing that gives you the best chance to win in the first place? Damn. Like, why risk losing to save Kawhi's energy instead of putting him on? It was in their it was in their previous series. Uh, shoot, I can't remember now. Who did they play? Who did they play in the previous series? Um, the Jazz. So Donovan Mitchell, I think it was. It's like, oh, they have to put him on, wait to put him on Donovan Mitchell until they're like down in the streets. Like, just do that at the beginning, and then you just win. I don't understand like the waiting, the waiting strategy. Um, but all right, I, uh, Suns and Clippers. I'm excited about it. I'm rooting for the Suns. Uh, I like the Chris Paul story. I like the Devin Booker emergence. Frank Kaminsky's on the team. I just. Not, is there a lot to like about the Clippers, Marlon? Do you like anything about the Clippers? No, I don't like anything about the Clippers. I don't like anything about the Clippers. Let's say something nice about the Clippers. Um, Steve Ballmer is energetic. Mm. Steve... They're not the Lakers. That's true. Yeah. If they were playing the Lakers, I would want them to win. Yeah. <laughs> so... So there, there is that. I didn't even realize Cousins was on the team until he got a, uh, a flagrant foul. He oh. elbowed somebody in the face. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're here. When did, <laughs> Welcome, when did that happen? Welcome to the party. Didn't even know he was there. I guess I, he's your Kawhi Leonard replacement, I guess. <laughs> oh, we had uh, in, the, in the game seven, uh, Clippers Jazz, we had another uh, ex-player name game. Uh, Terrence Mann had, what did he have? A billion points, something like that. He scored nine in this game. Nice. Um, that doesn't help. Last ten. He had 39 points in a game seven against Utah. That is insane. Um, and I, one of the things I kept looking at in the Bucks team in this uh, net series, and I mean they have really shortened the bench in the net series, and. I was kind of looking at it being like, can we just get one of the X player name games on our team? Just like one. Just one game have and really the only player who contributed in the series off the bench was Pat Connaughton. And I'm just not sure we're gonna have a Pat Connaughton game. <laughs> I just don't I don't know that's good. I mean nine points in game seven, he played fine. But I don't know that we're getting a Pat Connaughton game. Other than that, it's uh Giannis Antetokounmpo coming off the bench for like a minute. He just runs in with a bunch of energy. Because it admits a foul 50% of the time. It <laughs> comes out. It's fun stuff. It's a fun bench. We traded our bench away to get Drew Holiday. So that's what we're riding. All right. That is enough NBA, Marlon. Unless yeah. you got anything else. No, I'd say I think we covered it. Pretty Ooh. sure we covered it. I was just dialed in. It was great. <laughs> um, all right. I'm the NHL, Marlon. Speaking of dialed in, you dialed in the NHL yet? Did you, did you not just hear us talk about the NBA? 
<laughs> I know nothing about the NHL going on. I no? still don't know where to find it. Um, yeah, no. There. Are we well, at the Stanley Cup yet? Uh, no, we're getting there though, Marlo. We're getting there. Uh, Tampa Bay is, will I can confirm will take a three two lead on the Islanders. They are up eight to zero. Ooh, touchdown and that's, a two point conversion. That's tough. That's tough. It's a lot of goals to give up. I wonder if they pulled the goalie and then put the goalie back in because the other goalie was even worse. <laughs> Let's just pretend that happened. Yeah, um, because we neither of us watched it because it's happening right now. Uh, so Tampa Bay is going to be up three to two. Uh, Las Vegas won last night. That series is now tied to two to two. Um, and I guess my take going, coming into this podcast was that uh, both these are actually series and are tied two to two. Um, when what I was told by reading random articles was that Tampa Bay and Las Vegas were just both clearly better than their. Um, the Islanders and uh, Canadians, respectively. Uh, so I was going to kind of comment on how, hey, look, that's not the point. Well, an 8-0 win <laughs> kind of goes flies in the face of that. So uh, my pre-recorded take is no good. So let's play it at every commercial break. Oh, there you go. Let's do that. That's what that's, we call I think, I think in the biz. That's what we call in the biz a drawback. Yeah, a good a good uh, a good commercial opportunity. Yeah. Be really wrong and counter your own point. All right. Yeah, right. Uh, NHL, we did it, Marlo. We kind yeah. we kind of it was there. We didn't watch it, but uh, I watched a little of, of game 4 or excuse me, it was game 3 of uh, Las Vegas Canadians. Just rooting for Cole Caulfield out there. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's the NHL. Uh, let's get to what everyone's talking about, though, Casey. Yeah. And that is Casey's corner kick. Yeah, well, if you didn't think I talked enough last <laughs> uh, in, in the NHL and Buck segments. Whew. Um, well, you in on the Euros? Are you watching any of these? You seen these happening? I have not, no. No? No. Okay, well, they're happening. I know they're going on, though. I know this one's going on. And I know yeah. where to find them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're shoved in your face on ESPN. It's pretty yeah. great. Um, I think they're going to be not that you're a get up and watch soccer at eight in the morning guy, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit more of that mid afternoon to uh, eleven. I think the eleven and two o'clock games are going to be a little more common as we move away from the group stages and into what will be uh, the knockout stages. But we're halfway through the uh, decisive games of the group stages. Uh, so three of the six groups have been decided, uh, I guess, games of the week. Uh, most notably, I think, uh, at least most emotionally, uh, Denmark uh, advances on taking second place in their group uh, on a 4-1 to victory over Russia. Obviously, with the Christian Eriksen uh, medical emergency a week ago, just emotion pouring all over everything Denmark does. And it was so impactful to see kind of their release as they just kick the crap out of Russia in Russia um, in kind of the favorites grouping uh, here England lose 0-0 Scotland and France lose 1-1 Hungary and by that uh, obviously they didn't lose they tied but it's one of those it feels like a win a tie that feels like a win for one team and a loss for the other England not getting not scoring against Scotland is 
embarrassing is a bit strong, but whatever the next word below embarrassing is, uh, it's it's extremely disappointing um, to have that result in France tying Hungary, who I, I, France was in the driver's seat in this group. They defeated Germany, uh, who beat Portugal by the transitive property. They're the best team in the group. But then they go out and they tie Hungary. They kind of lost control. I guess it's still there. They just need to beat Portugal. But as what I think, and obviously what you think, Marlo, because you predicted them to win uh, mm-hmm. the whole thing, uh, one of the favorites of the group, you can't be losing to the worst team in your group, or excuse me, tying. Uh, that, that, is, that is a loss. Um, so, so far, the I guess there are three teams. I wrote, I wrote two of them down here. But uh, it's a generous uh, elimination, not as generous as Copa America, uh, but Russia and Turkey are eliminated. I think Russia, you got to be a little disappointed just because they were playing in Russia. Um, you would have expected them, I think, to advance or at least be, be not eliminated at this point um, over Finland, uh, but getting walloped by Denmark. They are going home or staying home, I guess. Uh, and the other is Turkey. Uh, Turkey, what a disappointing performance uh, by them. Uh, I think they had expectations. I know I, I had expectations of them at least getting out of the group. But they went 0-3 in the tournament, losing to Italy, which is understandable. Wales, not so understandable. And Switzerland, uh, equally not so understandable. So a very disappointing tournament for Turkey, who seemed like a team that was solid enough in the back to stay in games and maybe had enough talent up top to, to steal a win or two. But then the tournament happened. They were not solid in the back whatsoever. Very disappointing from them. And then the last team eliminated North Macedonia. I mean, thanks for coming out. Thank it's you. North, Ma- North Macedonia. Um, there are... So... Four of the so why this is a forgiving tournament why I say that is four of the six third place teams also advance so I know Marlo you got the group pulled up here your third place teams Switzerland Finland and Ukraine still are technically alive it depends on how all the things fall out for the top two thirds of those third place teams so keep an eye on that as you're watching the games tomorrow and on Wednesday uh, so we're gonna finish the group stages in the next couple of days. Knockouts are going to start over the weekend. We're going to kind of see how it all all fits. Uh, nothing. I don't expect too much craziness. I think to happen. I guess kind of looking at it, um, I'd be surprised if Croatia doesn't advance. I'd be surprised if Spain doesn't advance. Spain is currently sitting third in their group. They haven't scored a goal yet. They're goalless in two games. Not great. Um, and then it comes down to uh, kind of Germany. Portugal, but I think they're going to get enough results to advance. So I don't think any of the kind of favorites of the teams you'd expect to be in the group stages um, are in much risk, but watch for that at the next couple days. Across the pond here in the Americas, Copa America is happening, but I really can't get into it because if you thought that really complicated explanation of the Euros being forgiven, uh, this tournament is even more forgiving. There are 10 teams they're in two groups, and after the group stage, only one team in each group is eliminated. So Damn. eight of the ten teams are moving on to the knockouts. And unless – I mean, I, I'm watching if Brazil is playing. I'm watching if Argentina is playing. 
But unless those teams are playing, I really can't get too invested in Copa America at this point till the knockout stage. So that's all I got for the quarter kick, Marlo. Uh, those international tournaments are going to be, you know, watching Euros during the day, Copa America at night, great time for soccer. Obviously, MLS in there somewhere. <laughs> all right, that's it. This is the corner kick. Let's uh, let's go in for some throw-ins. Big news coming down today. Eh, I don't know if it was big news, but it made it seem big news because well, it was a slow news day. Yeah, it felt like big news, and similar to how we talked about the the NIL stuff last week. I don't really know how big a news it is, but yeah. Supreme Court came down uh, unanimously nine to zero against the NCAA. Uh, I think the most glaring comment or uh, thing I read about it was um, Brett Kavanaugh's, I guess he he concurred with the decision, and he said, nowhere else, quote, nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers <laughs> a fair market rate, which... Is so on point and just like such a funny way that that's the NCA. Look, we like college basketball more than the NBA, right? Yeah, we are on that, and part of it, a small part of it, is the concept of amateurism, right? The concept that these guys are doing it for the love of game. But if that went away, I don't think we'd love college basketball any less. It's because of the name. It's because it's because of our connection to the university. It's because of our experiences watching college basketball. It's because of the University of Wisconsin. That's why we like college basketball more. Right. If we went to some shitty basketball school like Northwestern, we probably wouldn't care as much about college basketball. <laughs> probably. But we didn't. And here we are. And I just... The mental gymnastics that the NCAA had to do to get to make this point that was just spiked by Kavanaugh in this is... When it's put so plainly like this... it. It's just hilarious that that's where the NCA is. I don't understand necessarily what this means, Marlo. Do you understand? Like, do they have to pay players now? Are they? No, <laughs> it, it don't have to, but it it paves the way, so to speak. Because yeah. this was the wall the NCAA was hiding behind forever, um, yeah. which, like you said, like put so simply, um, is put so simply, and it's like, yeah, duh. I think you know everyone's been saying it, and, and you, we'll get. Everyone saying the other side of it, but they're getting free education, blah blah blah. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, they're saying that that what we all know, NCAA is making hand over fist, yeah. and the people that are actually doing the labor are not getting anything. Um, so, well, I, I, you know, essentially they're saying that they cannot restrict that. Um, right. So basically, like taking the restrictor plates off. Um, which is big because there has been cases at the state levels, right, that have made this. But this is taking on the NCAA as a whole, which um, you know will then predicate to the you know the umbrella institution. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm sure the NCAA will find a way to to reel it back. I don't think it'll be a free for all, um, and it, you know I don't think it's going to be a full blown out like the. Uh, you know, Uncle Uncle Dan's fear of there's going to be the rich, 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 poor, poor, poor type scenario where mm-hmm. players are rolling around and at this school rolling around in, in, in all types of money. But you know, I think it will be good. You know, chaos becomes before structure, right? 
most times. Yeah. And so it would be good to once you know once they get some structure behind it, and you know we could. These kids are getting a piece of the pie. They don't get all of it, but they get they get a piece of it. Their fair share um, of it, whether that's they find a way to do that based on on merit, you know, uh, academic merit, or or some other way. But they'll figure it out. I just I think it's, I just think it's good. I just think it's finally good that like they like you said they finally there's a decision. It was a unanimous decision, and like, it's just it's it was such a it's been a racket for. Since the incision, you know, since the inception, and just get worse and worse, the more money NCAA was getting. Um, so, yeah, we'll yeah. see what it looks like in the near future. Yeah, it will. I just can't can't rub my head around like what it like looking in the future and see what it's going to look like. But to your yeah. point, you know, it's got to you know settle and, and and some sort of structure will come out of it. So it'll yeah. be interesting where where that goes. Um, but you know, bad news for. I guess pro the NCA itself and pro NCA people who I don't know I don't yeah. know who they are but yeah but they're probably out there. Um, all right, next one. Uh, John Rahm wins U.S. Open. All right, uh, it was a weird tournament uh, in that I guess more uh, the course one. I guess the course kind of one. It seemed like a while there on Sunday that nobody really like wanted to take the tournament by its horns. Louis Oosthuizen was just kind of holding on, and by him holding on, uh, that was enough for him to get a lead. But then John Rahm made some awesome putts. I think it was 16 and 18 he made the putts. Uh, birdies on each to tie and then take the lead on Oosthuizen. Um, and ended up being a, a very dramatic finish uh, to the tournament, and uh, as JJ Watt tweeted out, so if it's not true, uh, come at him. But uh, they played at Torrey Pines. The U.S. Open was there. Uh, Rom proposed to his wife on the course, won his first major there, and his new son, newborn son, was in attendance on Father's Day. He said, "Man, that's awesome." Uh, I mean, talk about a golf guy. He proposed to his wife at a golf course. Yeah, it's straight up golf guy. I would say John Rahm winning. Uh, golf guy's back, like yeah. John Rahm is like, yeah, like considered golf guy. You know, we yeah. went through, we went through this this phase of you know when Tiger's on top, like people the, the golfers like getting in shape and like looking like athletes and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah John Rahm winning. No, this is a golfer. Golf bod's back. Golf, uh, golf back. nice. Golf guy's back. <laughs> Us non-crossfitters out here are, are, are appreciative of that. Um, where do you think proposing on a golf course ranks? Is that as far as, you know, uh, embarrassing is not the right word, uh, as far as places to engage that the uh, your hopeful fiancé hates the most, golf course or on the Jumbotron? I think Jumbotron's worse. Is that one's worse? I think Jumbotron. I mean, it, we're, this is like... Um, what's the show? Family Feud, right? If you take, we asked a hundred women. Yeah, if we asked hundred people, hundred women, which was right. I think the double trial would be number one answer. Would be number one. Okay. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be number one too. But the I couldn't think of anybody engaged asking uh, somebody to marry them on a golf course as a golfer. It's like, hey, come down to my office. I have, you know. <laughs> I have some, you know, work to do. Or I couldn't get, I've got to work late again tonight and practicing my short game. Oh, you're here. How about we get married? I don't know. It seems kind of, 
<laughs> Seems kind of weird. All right. Uh, you got one, Marlo, here? You just Yeah, I don't know how new this is. I was talking about this with my buddies in the weekend. Now, the USA bas- USA 3-on-3 basketball. You know, so this is the first year it's going to be the Olympics, right? Yeah. The 2020 Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Um, the USA did not qualify a 3-on-3 team uh, for the Olympics, which, you know, I wasn't paying attention, but now that I know it, outrages me. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Robbie Hummel. Yeah, Robbie Hummel did not come through. Uh, the USA will not be represented in the inaugural three-on-three Olympic tournament. A uh, former Badger, however, will be represented oh. in the three-on-three tournament. Oh, uh, Former women's uh, basketball player uh, Ray Lynn will be... She's played for Italy. She plays professionally there. I think got her citizenship and will be playing uh, on the women's 3v3 tournament. So there you go. Well, there it is. Way to go. Way to. I'm trying to see who else was on the um, 3v3 basketball team because I Hummel was on it, right? Yeah, Hummel was on it. Hummel was definitely on 3v3. it. That's where our first mistake. If that's where we wanted to go with this, a Robbie Hummer who has to be mid 30s, right? With two bad knees. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, this is an article that I don't need. Ruppy Hummel, who started Purdue playing, played two seasons. Just tell me the team. Joey King, who played at Minnesota, led team. Oh my God, we had no chance. No, zero. All right. So I know who two of the players were. It doesn't tell me who the third one is. Awesome, good stuff. Well, that's. I mean. Not that I was going to probably get two into three-on-three basketball, uh, but bummer. Bummer for them. Thanks, Robbie Hummel. Uh, stupid trains. Uh, a couple of players have announced that they're going to play in the Olympics. James Harden, you know, who's doesn't have a hamstring, I think said he's playing. I think Devin Booker said he's playing. Yep. Is it, is there, I thought there was one more. So some... I think there's a lot of concern in uh, real basketball that uh, a lot of the a lot of the NBA guys won't want to play because of uh, kind of the, the shortened season, the workload, the the short off seasons, and that sort of thing. Um, but it sounds like a couple so far have kind of uh, cracked. I don't say cracked like they you know <laughs> needed to be convinced, but a couple are, are committing to the team. Uh, so we maybe we'll be able to form kind of our normal, formidable uh, actual basketball team. Booyah. Sounds like the uh, Tokyo Olympics are going to happen. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, they just announced that there will be limited fans. I think uh, 10,000 is going to be the most for any of the events. So I think them coming out and saying, hey, we're going to have fans very heavily implies that it's going to happen because I don't think you can be like, hey, we're going to have fans. Just kidding, it's canceled. <laughs> That'd be a real dick move. <laughs> so I think I, it's an encouraging sign that it's that it's going to happen. And um, You know what? Why does it happen? I like caring about sprinting and other... I was going to say other obscure sports. Track and field is not an obscure sport, but you know. Yeah, the, I understand. I want to care about the things I care about once every four years, and it's been exactly. too long since I've cared about those things. Way so I'm too excited long. to do it again. Way too long. All right, that's it. 
That's all that's I got. It. Let's that's call it. it. That's that's call it. Game one tomorrow. Casey, you didn't even give your prediction for tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Right? Is it- I think Bucks need to come out and make a point and say, hey, we're the better team. Here's why. All right. Again, there it is. Bucks, hope, Bucks hoping a, slash expecting. Bucks with a statement game. Is this going to be the Yannis game or the Milton game? Or player X game? Oh, man. Let's get a Pat Connaughton game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, will, it will be interesting. I think so. Um, I think the Bucks are going to be a little bit deeper in this series. I think Bobby Portis is going to – he's back, I think, from injury. He's going to be able to play. And I think Bryn Forbes is going to be able to find some minutes. So I think there's a chance – that one of those two guys could have a X player's name game. All right, we'll be on. We'll definitely be on the lookout. All right, uh, that's going to be it for me, Casey. As always, guys, you can find us on Twitter at one thirty two breeze. Myself at Marlo Jr. Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Casey, that is it for me. You got any last words? Well, as always, fellow fans, I hope until next time, all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>